Hello, everybody. You are listening to the Chaos and Shadow podcast. My name is Kyle, and I'm joined here by my co-host, Pagan. Pagan, how you doing tonight? I'm doing good. How are you? Doing very well, because we are joined by one of the coolest friends of the network, very own Storm Fairy Wolf, coming back in. Storm, welcome aboard. This is mm, maybe the second or third time we've had you on Chaos and Shadow, and you've been by for our say on Saturdays, and we've got another one of those lined up this weekend. How <laughs> are you, my friend? I am doing great. Thank you so much for having me back. We always love chatting with you. You've shared so much good information with us over these past couple months. We um, took part in the witches, the official witches Sabbath that that Storm and Devin and the gang, Matt Arn and the rest, put on uh, with Laura Tempest Zakrop. Beautiful event. So uh, we got to chat around that time as well. Storm has two books that are coming. Well, one is just recently released. That is the Witch's Name: Crafting Identities of Magical Power. We've talked a smidge about that before. I, I think we've done some teasing the last time you were through these parts. But then you also, in the upcoming here, have the Satyr's Kiss: Queer Men, Sex Magic, and Modern Witchcraft. Literally everything we're about in these parts. So. We're ready to dive in. Awesome. Thank you. Yes, I'm excited. Can you tell us just generally, how has it been with the release of the latest book? I mean, and also I kind of on top of that want to hear what it's like to be releasing two within like two months of one another or something. What's that? Um, It's weird. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It's weird. Um, I, I think that the witch's name seems to be doing well. I don't really know that well, you know, like the most that I can do is like I log into Amazon and I'll look and see like, well, what's in their new releases in this category, what number is it? And that changes. Like they update it like every hour, you know, or something. So, um, I was like number three in new releases for my, for one of the genres, you know, um, magic studies was one of them for a while. Uh, that was nice, but then it just, it changes. So I don't know. I, who knows? I'm just excited that it's out. I'm less concerned, honestly, with book sales um, than I am just getting my thoughts out there. And I'm just glad that it's done (laughs) (laughs) and that it's all it got turned in and I I was on time and it's good. (laughs) And I'm sure we'll find errata later. You know, because that's always how it works is like, oh, the book was published. Oh, here's I found this typo or I found this one wrong thing. So I'm sure that that will happen, but I'm just glad it's out. Um, But it is weird having two books in such a short period of time. I'm also feel very fortunate, though, about that, because, you know, the more books that you have out there that are in publication at a given time helps your other books, too. Mm -hmm. So I'm hoping that that will also increase my sales for my previous two books with Llewellyn and maybe even some of the um, self-published books, you know, that I did, you know, before then. So got my fingers crossed, but, um, but it's weird in terms of just like how quick, you know, which name came out early March and then the Satyr's kiss will come out early May. And so that's not a lot of time, you know, in between. So I find myself, I have to promote the witch's name because that just came out. That's my new book. I don't want to forget about it and just promote the Zader's kiss, but I have to do that too. So it's, mm-hmm. it, it is, and I'm not, I'm a terribly disorganized person. I'll, I'll admit that <laughs> straight up, you know, I just, you know, um, one of my partners, you know, Matt Oren is really helping me out. And Devin Hunter as well is helping me out, like figure out like, okay, what should I do with this social media thing? And, you know, whatever. And I just, am now starting with, um, 
a service that lets me like, you know, pre-do my, my tweets and posts and things like that. So, um, I'm trying to get that, you know, Devin was like, Oh, I did it for two months. I, I two months worth of tweets and Instagram posts and, and Facebook posts. It's all, it's all programmed in. I was like two months. It took me like seven hours just to do it for the next two days, yeah. you know? So <laughs> oh like God. what, but he gave me some pointers. And so, um, actually after this, that's exactly what I'm doing. I'm going back to social pilot and I'm figuring out at least the next month. So he gave me a, a tip on how to do it, you know, for the next month. And that doesn't mean I won't be live tweeting things, but at least I'll know, oh, at least every day there's going to be something happening. There's going to be at least one promotion post, which is always helpful. Right. That was what he said. He was like, okay, well, one, you'll want to do like a, you know, a quote and maybe one will be like a a picture. And then you do one that's an advertisement and then maybe one that's funny, you know, whatever. I'm like, it's a lot of posts, you know, and, but on Twitter that I guess it's fine. Like four to five a day is what I'm being told. Um, Instagram, I don't want to do more than one a day. Mm-hmm. but um, it's all weird. I don't know. I'm just, I'm yeah. trying my best. I'm trying my best to do this mundane stuff, you know, but um, I don't know, but, but the feedback so far for the witch's name has been so overwhelmingly positive and I'm really, really touched. And I'm a little surprised because I don't want to jinx it, but it's doing well on Goodreads. And mm-hmm. um, for those of you who are familiar with Goodreads, you understand that Goodreads is a pretty tough audience, you know, comparatively, you know, when you compare the reviews and ratings on Goodreads to say Amazon, people are usually kinder, if you can believe it, on Amazon, um, at least with their ratings, not necessarily with their printed reviews. They can they can be pretty nasty. Um, and I haven't seen nasty on Goodreads, but I've seen I, I've gotten obviously terrible reviews for some of my books on Goodreads, obviously, but it's just it's a weird thing. It's just like the different environments, the different you know, genres, but I'm always telling people, if you like my book, please go to Amazon and Goodreads <laughs> and give me, give me a star rating and, you know, hopefully a five-star rating, you know, but you know, hopefully not a one star. If you think it's a one star, please just stay home. Um, but, but whatever, you know, but okay. it, it's, it's been a lot of really good vibes so far, you know, with the witch's name. And so I, I have my fingers crossed that, you know, people will really continue to, to enjoy what I have to say. And it's, a, it's different, obviously. It's not just a book of names. It's not, it's not a name dictionary. <clears throat> and that's really what I had seen most of before, you know, was here's a book of names, a dictionary, and these, this will tell you where these names came from and, you know, what they mean magically and all of that. And that's useful, but it wasn't really what I was doing, you know, with the witch's name. It was more about, well, let's, explore our inner landscape, you know, and see what's there and let's tend to our inner landscape. You know, maybe if something isn't there that you want to be there, here's a way that you can bring that energy in by adopting that as one of your name elements. Um, so it was it definitely a very personal work, you know, with a name like storm fairy wolf, it's nice to have an opportunity to talk about how that name came about, you know, cause I think a lot of people just hear it. They're like, does he play a lot of D and D or is he cosplaying? Is he a LARPer and, and all that stuff. And um, as if the, first of all, they say that usually as an insult and I'm like, wow, the, why would I think cosplayers are awesome? You know, and like, you know, I don't, I don't understand what you, you, you think this is an insult. There's a lot of work that goes into that a lot of detail, you know? So 
I, I actually, I know you'd meant it as an insult, but I'm going to take it as a compliment considering the source. Um, yeah, but, um, so I, I'm supposed to be focusing on that, but then I ha also have to focus on the Seder's kiss. So it's a, it's, it, it's weird. Um, but it's such a good weird mm -hmm. to be experiencing. I feel so blessed. I'm so privileged to have two books come out basically back to back. When does that happen in the world? It's not going to happen for me again. I'm never pitching two books at the same time <laughs> ever again. That was my entire pandemic lockdown was being stressed about getting these, these books out. And then when I thought I had finished the witch's name and then I moved over to Seder's kiss and that's really where my energy was, you know, for a while. Um, then of course I had to do edits, you know, on the witch's mm -hmm. name. And I was like, Oh no, I have to switch gears. It's too tough for me, but it all worked out. So I'm, I'm very hopeful that people will receive the Seder's kiss as well as they have so far received the witch's name. And again, I just feel blessed for the whole thing. I don't think, it, at least personally for me, I don't think you're going to have a problem. I have not finished the book because I had another book I had to read for a different show. But um, it, so far, it is so good and Thank stacks you. up wonderfully with all the other books that you have out there. So Thank I think you. Sager's Kiss, you're probably going to be golden, especially because on our show, you talked very passionately about... <laughs> Seder's kiss. And, you know, obviously we're going to talk more about that once it gets closer, but I know that it is something that you're very passionate about, especially because as you've said before, there's not really any books out there like it. And so, yeah. which his name is also one of those beautiful books out there that there's not really anything else out there like it. And so you have filled, you. filled the niche of what you needed to do which is wonderful. Well, I'm all about the niche markets, apparently, you know, like <laughs> my, my first two Llewellyn books being about a very specific tradition of American witchcraft, you know? Mm -hmm. So I knew going in, I was like, oh, this is such a, first of all, paganism in general is a niche market, right? We tend to forget it. We think it's our, you know, cause it's usually our whole world or at least the majority of our world, right? Because we're pagans and that's what we talk about and whatever. But in terms of like the large, mainstream world it's like it's this much you know <laughs> like the whole pie and and from that little sliver i have just a little teeny slice you know and i'm focusing <laughs> on fairy american fairy tradition witchcraft so i knew that those were pretty niche market although they did fairly well mm -hmm. from what i understand and um you know i can't complain um but i i think that the witch's name at least has a larger market you know, within, within that little niche market, a little bit more, I think. And I also feel that way about the Seder's kiss, even though that's also very specific. I mean, it's marketed mm -hmm. towards queer men, but I will tell you, it's mostly women that are telling me they're excited about this book. Now I I'm hearing it also a lot from gay men, but a lot of women, a lot mm -hmm. of um, straight women, a lot of bisexual women have told me that they can't wait for this book. They hope there's something in the book for them. I've got my fingers crossed that they also <laughs> feel that there's something for them in there, even though it is specifically geared, you know, towards queer men. And I explain why, you know, in the book, obviously it's, I can't speak to a female experience. I can't speak to a trans experience. I can only speak to my own experience and that's mm -hmm. as a gay man. And so, but I hope to be inclusive, you know, with the work as well and encourage people to make their own translations, to make it, more accessible to them, you know? So 
I'm not trying to put forward the system and say, this is how the system must work. I'm putting forward a, a proposed flexible system that's based on individual inspiration, you know, and, but by, I've got some philosophy points in there about, you know, especially for queer men, Hey, we should feel empowered to center our queer experience in our spiritual work, as opposed to just being a guest, Mm -hmm. you know, in somebody else's spiritual system. And a lot of times in paganism, that's exactly what we are. You know, if you look at, um, some forms of traditional Wicca, which is very heteronormative, you know, and it doesn't have to be, you know, there, there's a lot like, you know, behind, you know, the goddess and the God, you know, in traditional Wicca, this androgynous uniform source, um, you know, but not a lot of people talk about that in, in the public books, you know, it's, it's the Lord and the lady. And if that's your trip, that's fine. That's great. I mean, we're all here because of the reproductive cycle. You know, but as a gay man, I'm not participating in that cycle. Mm-hmm. You know, I've got different mysteries. I have a different way of being. And so yes. I want to focus on that. So that was basically the impetus behind that book. You know, there, I found so much prejudice when it came to certain aspects of the craft. You know, I was told, well, you're a gay man. You can't do the great right. You know, the idea being that, you know, oh, the the correct you know, great right, you know, was between the priest and the priestess. And it's the, the masculine and the feminine forces coming together, blah, 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 blah. And, um, and that's, that can be beautiful. You know, if, if you are heterosexual or if you're in an opposite, I'm going to say opposite sex, you know, um, (laughs) it's not really opposites, but you get what I mean. Um, Mm -hmm. if you're in an opposite sex relationship, um, you know, then, then sure you might identify, with that particular spiritual mythos. Right. Um, but me as a, as a gay man, I don't identify with that, you know, so I do have to make adjustments to my own practice in order to make it relevant to me. And if you are not practicing, you know, a spiritual system that is relevant to you, well, then you're just, you're wasting your time, you know? So I wanted the Seder's kiss to almost be like, here's some permission people, you know, to go out there and, and, <laughs> And to start from yourself and work outward, as opposed to trying to figure out where can I, you know, fit in or how can I fit that, you know, into my system, you know, it's more like, well, where am I and what do I actually need and, and who am I? And I want to participate in a spiritual system in which I don't have to hide, you know, who I am or be quiet about, you know, aspects of who I am. So hopefully the Seder's kiss will do that. It'll give people more permission because I find a lot of people feel like they need permission, you know? And I think a lot of it is just a lot of times people haven't realized that they don't need permission, mm-hmm. you know, that they, they can make it on their own. But if you don't have that confidence, if you've never had that idea, it's nice to have somebody say, you know what? It's okay. Here, let, try this. So that's what the, the Seder's kiss is. It's basically just a whole book of try this you know, and, and, and see if this works for you, but it's, it's certainly based on not only queer sex magic, which is a big part of it, because I, I felt that often, even in sex magic circles, you know, there was this, um, prejudice really against anything that was non heterosexual, you know? So most of the, um, symbolism that we get from traditional sex magic is very male and female. Mm-hmm. Right. And again, if that's your trip, then that's a beautiful thing. But if it's not your trip, 
then you're like, okay, I have to sit through this and this isn't for me. And, you know, I'll make my translations and whatever. So I wanted there to be something that was like for us, at least for queer men, we didn't have to translate. This is straight up given in the language of queer men with the history of, of, of queerness. But on the non-sexual end of things, because I didn't want it to all be about sex either, because that, right. that's that's another thing. It's just like, you know, the stereotype is, oh, well, gay men, it's all about sex, um, <clears throat> which whatever. If you want it to be all about sex, there's nothing wrong with that either. You know, then have fun with that. As long as it's, you know, consent, consenting adults, then that's beautiful. Um, but I wanted it also to be about queer history. And so a big chunk of the Satyr's Kiss is exploring different figures, you know, throughout queer history and, and exploring what they did and how they are relevant and how they are our queer ancestors, what I call the rainbow dead and, and um, how they've affected us. And, and so I have different feast days and I have um, different people who are chosen as martyrs, you know, like Matthew Shepard, you know, I have, um, a feast day to honor his birthday, but there's also a, a, a couple days in there that um, mark when he was tortured and, and eventually died. And because I think these things are important, you know, um, the, the Pulse nightclub massacre, you know, th that occurred, you know, several years ago, there's a place on the calendar for that. And so I wanted to give a whole, not just the eight Sabbaths, you know, the wheel of the year, you know, but all these other holidays, like elevating these days up to holidays so that we can remember our queer history. It's not just every June, you know, mm -hmm. queer history is human history, you know? And so I wanted there to be an opportunity to recognize that and then to be able to bring that into our spiritual practice. And so hopefully people will be inspired by that and, and, um, and we'll, Hopefully people will like it. That's all. <laughs> oh, Storm, if there's ever a, a time we need uh, books like yes. this out there in the world with with the most recent news, with the laws being passed in the U.S., it is oh. it is wonderful to have uh, things out there that specifically, like you said, give permission because in my opinion, it's all the wrong people trying to take that permission away. And, you know, they don't, they don't mm -hmm. want us to go down a good path of loving each other anyway. So, you know, this, I mean, right. I, I'm personally very excited about this as a gay man, because this book is just, I, I think I'm going to get so much out of it in terms of the history, but I also am very excited to hear more about this rainbow dead because that's um, yes. like an aspect <laughs> I'm just not as familiar. Like I know some of these names, but I'm sure that's going to, open my mind up more. I wanted to throw in a comment from chat here too, where um, what's her name says coming out as a preacher's kid and a witch, I had to hide a lot. So coming out both as a witch and as a gay person opened my world up in a way I only hoped. So more of that idea mm. that, you know, we, when we kind of step into ourselves, there's a lot of power that comes out there. Yeah, absolutely. No, that's, that's awesome. And the other thing too, that um, as a female um, that's really, really excited for this book is it's going to, I think, kind of bridge the divide and allow people who kind of grew up in that whole heteronormative kind of way where you go into those Wiccan rituals and it's like, yes, here's your heteronormative look. But it's also giving us a space now to talk about what we could do to make it more inclusive to everybody. 
And I think that that's one of the things I'm really looking forward to with your book is really allowing that conversation to get started to say, how can we change it so everybody can feel welcome? And don't, you know, that way we're not like, hmm, yeah, this is how it's always been done, but let's not do this. Let's make it okay for everybody. Yeah, absolutely. If that's, if that's the only thing that happens, you know, that it starts a conversation, Mm -hmm. you know, then that was successful, you know, so it doesn't even have to sell well, although I'm really hoping it sells well. (laughs) (laughs) I think, I think it's going to sell well, especially with as many people as I've seen that are so excited for it. Uh, It's going to definitely do well, at least I think right now it's going to do really well because people are like, I need this book right now. (laughs) I'm also hopeful, of course, and this is just, I don't know, every artist of all stripes, I think kind of has some of this, but um, a little bit of the imposter syndrome, right? Where it's just Mm -hmm. like you do that, you do the work and then you put it out there and you feel really good about it. And then you're like, oh no, what if it's not any good? Or, you know, what if, what if people don't receive it the way, you know, I, I think they might, or, um, or with the hype, you know, I feel Mm -hmm. like there's been some hype now with the Seder's kiss, a lot of people like, Oh, I I can't wait for it. And it's going to be, this It's going to be that. And I'm like, I hope it's not like the movie Titanic, you know, (laughs) where people were like, Oh my God, it was the best movie ever made. I mean, I heard so many people say that it was the best movie ever made. And then I watched the movie finally. And I was like, it was all right. It was was fine. It was, it was fun. You know, I was more impressed later when I found out there was never an actual boat or an ocean. Mm-hmm. But that was all CGI. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> that, that, that lives up to a little bit more of the hype. But still, it wasn't like, I didn't think it was the best movie ever made, you know, whatever. And I was like, maybe it was a lot of that hype. So I'm hoping that it doesn't get overhyped, you know, at the same time. Like people are like, oh, I was really hoping for more, you know, whatever. But I do Sorry. think that it's a good, um, it's a good book. I, I've, I actually had a lot of uh, test readers for this one. I don't usually do that. And, um, cause I, I really wanted to make sure that I got it right. Mm-hmm. And, and I didn't want to assume that I could just speak for all of queer men, you know? And so I, I wanted other types of queer men to, to give me some feedback and, and whatnot. So hopefully I have checked all my boxes and, and hopefully I got everything right. Um, but there's bound to be something that I didn't think of properly or whatever. So hopefully people will forgive me, you know, if that's the case. Um, but it was really just such a labor of love. This, I think I told you Pagan, mm-hmm. um, this was the first book that I actually ever wanted to write, you know, back when I was 14 and I could not have done it justice then at all, especially the sex magic part. I was 14. Mm-hmm. I hadn't had any sex <laughs> at that point, you know? And so, um, but it's been really nice now with, my many years now of experience, you know, in the craft <clears throat> to be able to finally write this book and, and feel, I'm really proud of it. I, mm-hmm. I feel like it's really, it's really good. And there, there isn't anything quite like it out there. There's some things that, you know, I found inspiring, you know, um, gay witchcraft by Christopher Penzak. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's kind of a staple. Um, when he was writing that book is when him and I actually became friends o- online and he actually included my website, fairywolf.com, um, in his resources, you know, for that book. So we've, we've been, we've been friends going back, back, back to the early days now. And, um, but that book was different, you know, mm-hmm. than what, 
I wrote here, you know, um, there wasn't really anything. There was like one thing out there in the world that kind of claimed it was, and it really wasn't. And I don't want to say it because I don't like to talk about the books I don't like. Um, because yeah, why I don't, I'm not here to tear people down. Mm -hmm. Um, but I was very, there's been some books out there that I have been very disappointed, you know, with, and, um, but Oh, well, I'm sure somebody else might get something good out of them, but it just what that wasn't me. So, <laughs> so hopefully people will get something good out of this book. Um, and if not, you know, uh, hopefully, um, I don't know, they'll find what they need. There, yes. There's a really good question coming uh, from chat here tonight, Storm, especially as we've had you on a couple different times. We have some people that are just being introduced to you tonight. And a really good one coming from Matthew um, is asking, can someone just getting into witchcraft and magic pick up your book and put it to use or do they need more fundamental knowledge? So uh, Matt's asking that. And I, I'm kind of curious, maybe you could also say... Um, some other like just where you find your books might sit in your uh, kind of rep- your creation list so far is the are these ones more fundamental to people or would you consider these a little higher up there now? Um, so far, all of the books that I've done for Llewellyn, um, I think they're accessible. You can access them if you're a beginner, um, but they're not really written for the beginner in mind. Um let me back up a little though. So the first two books I did for Llewellyn, um, Betwixt and Between and Forbidden Mysteries of Fairy Witchcraft. Um, Betwixt and Between would be the one to start with on the, mm-hmm. that's kind of, that's basically part one and part two, you know, of, of my fairy series. And um, you could start with Betwixt and Between. It does give you some fundamental basic um, exercises and foundations in the craft, but it also is a little bit more intermediate. And that was one of the nice um, um, reviews that I was getting, you know, for that book. I was like, oh, this isn't just beginner craft. It kind of assumes mm-hmm. that you've had a little bit of knowledge of the craft, like grounding and centering and, you know, that kind of stuff. Although I do cover that as well. So it is accessible, but it it's also really kind of written in mind that you've already at least been familiar, you know, with a witchcraft practice to some degree. Um, Forbidden Mysteries, that is a little bit deeper. That's definitely an intermediate to advanced work. Um, it's definitely the shadow work. That is something that I, I don't recommend to absolute beginners. Um, you really need to get some um, foundational um, praxis under your belt first, I would say, in order to do that um, safely and effectively. Um, with the witch's name, it absolutely can be um, brand new. You know, if, if you are brand new to the craft, I think you could get something out of the witch's name, but it too kind of assumes, you know, that you are at least, you know, have a passing familiarity with some of the foundations of a spiritual practice. Um, and same with the Satyr's Kiss, you know, so, so mostly what I write is not just for the beginner. It's not really a one on one one book, um, but I do give enough foundational work that even if it's like the first book on the craft that you pick up, you should be able to get something out of it. So I don't know if that exactly answers your question, um, but that's probably as close as I can answer it. You totally nailed the part that I was, mm-hmm. you know, adding on there at the end of just now that now that you've added to the your work so much to hear, you know, where you think that they fit in there for for people approaching it. Really, really helpful. I mean, and and that's a why Pagan and I are so drawn to the work that you and that Matt, Devin and, and Laura do is because we just consider you guys to be such um, 
I, I love that you're all just so based on that idea of, of providing that permission. I know I, that was kind of a thing we mentioned in passing that you brought up, but that's something I've been dwelling on recently is when you're stepping into magic for the first time, and I'm someone that's only maybe two years into it, so I'm fairly new, uh, and only in this last maybe six months have I felt some great strides, and I'd say that's completely uh, or... I want to say it's completely thanks to the friends around me giving me such encouragement and sharing your ideas so readily. I mean, you've put them into such accessible formats. Like you said, maybe not the um, geared towards someone that's just starting out, but with the, with the body of work that surrounds it, looking at the people that have written such positive comments, the people that are writing uh, the reviews for the books, it's, it's a wonderful group of people to surround mm-hmm. yourself with. I'm very lucky. Yeah, I, I feel very privileged. I am definitely blessed. I count, I count my blessings every day. And I will admit that, um, having starting with, uh, I started Storm's book with, uh, the forbidden mysteries of fairy witchcraft. I went out of order with his books. So the, the interesting thing is you can still get something out of it. It may just be one of those books that you read cover to cover, and then you have to put down and go back and retrace your steps a little bit to get caught up a little bit magically so you can totally fall in line with what's in the book. But ultimately, you can still get something out of all of his books no matter what. So if you feel like you want to go get a copy, you can get a copy and read it now. It doesn't mean you have to do everything in it right now. That's true. That's true. Absolutely. Thank you for saying that. You know, mm-hmm. um, there might be stuff in there. You're like, I have no idea about this. And so <clears throat> I wouldn't expect you to do it if you didn't feel comfortable you know, doing it. I think there's something really valuable. in just like, like you said, reading it cover to cover, maybe, mm-hmm. maybe taking whatever inspires you, you know, from it, adding it to your own practice. Um, I'm a big fan of that. You know, I think that if we find a practice that works for us, that it speaks to us, um, we should try to incorporate that, you know, to some degree, you know, um, I'm not necessarily talking about removing things from another culture wholesale, you know, but just in terms of, um, diff- you know, different techniques or philosophies, you know, if you feel like, oh, I resonate with this, well, it's fine. I would think to then work with that thing or to be inspired by it and then create your own, you know, mm-hmm. system around it. Um, none of the work that I do that I put out there is really expected that, oh, you're just going to take everything that I say, every word, and you're going to do it exactly this way, you know? Now, obviously, in my classes, when I'm teaching classes and I give out handouts and lessons and such, I do want you to do it pretty much exactly as I'm giving it to you, at least in the beginning, mm-hmm. but that's different. If, if I'm writing a book and I'm putting it out there, it's really more for, hey, does this inspire you? Oh, no, you don't like that? Okay, we'll go on to the next thing. Does this inspire you? You know, you can follow along and do it like a class, you know, and that's great too. But um, yeah, if I, if, if I only wanted people to do it exactly as I said, word for word, um, I probably wouldn't have written it in a book and just put it out there because people are reading that book that I don't know who they are. Mm-hmm. I don't have any interaction with them, you know, whatever. So I'm just assuming you're taking, you know, what I wrote and you're adapting it you know, to your own needs, because that's what I did, you know, in, in my craft training and it worked out pretty well. You know, I feel like I got a pretty robust, um, training in the craft, you know, through being self-taught mostly, and then later being brought in to different initiatory traditions. Um, Mm -hmm. I think there's value in both. 
Um, but ultimately we have to always bring our practice back to ourselves. You know, um, we can't always just work in a system that is somebody else's system, you know, in, in the, you know, because that's not always going to speak to you at your core, you know? And so that, that was another thing with the Seder's kiss. I wanted to kind of create a system, you know, that was more accessible specifically to queer men. Um, but at the same time, I'm not telling queer men, you have to do it this way. You know, it's like, Oh, have you considered this? Or you might try this or, or see if this inspires you. And, you know, but I'm hoping that people will read the stuff that I wrote in Seder's Kiss and then bring in more. You know, mm -hmm. I'm waiting for the people to say, oh, you forgot about these people. Because, of course, I couldn't include every single <laughs> person from queer history. Right. You know, so it was definitely was like, you know, almost random in some cases, like, like you know, I'm going to focus on 15 people, you know, whatever. Yeah. And so there's a lot obviously that I never mentioned because this is not meant to be an exhaustive or, you know, comprehensive, um, you know, manual on queer mm -hmm. history, but just to give people the idea that like, Oh, this is something that we can do. So I'm hoping that people who are far more educated than I am, you know, will be able to maybe take this as a point of inspiration and a jumping off point, you know, for them to bring in even more, of that queer history and, and magical practice, you know, kind of marry it together. So I'm, I'm very excited to see what, what people actually do with it. Mm -hmm. I, I have a, a, an immediate thought for, for this topic, which at the very beginning, well, an announcement to people listening in the podcast feed. Many of you already know, but Storm's joining us this Saturday for a on Saturday. That's going to be at 7 p.m. Eastern time live on Twitch. That's 4 p.m. Pacific time. I just was thinking, Storm, maybe one of the cool things we could do this weekend is kind of an honoring um, maybe some names or something like that that, that stand out to you. And I'd, I'd love to hear your thoughts. But especially with all that news being passed um, just today, there was, you know, all the news from Florida getting flushed up. So maybe it could be really nice for us, especially this community who's so uh, embraced and, you know, entrenched in the LGBT community all around. I, I'm sure a lot of these folks would really love the chance to kind of come together as a, a crew and at least have an opportunity to send good vibes, if not do something, you know, maybe more formal as a spell. Yeah, I, I'd be excited to do something like that. You know, we could certainly maybe talk about, um, again, the Rainbow Dead. Yes. And and um, and yeah, well, I'll, I'll think of something on those lines. I don't have anything necessarily automatically prepared, totally. you know, for that. But that's that's a good thing. And plus, I'm doing a virtual um, event um, in May. I want to say it's like the second Saturday in May, if I'm not mistaken. It's for it's um, Stone and Stang. Um, which mm -hmm. is an event put on by um, the people from the unnamed path. And, um, and so I'll be doing something from um, the Seder's kiss there. So um, this might be a good opportunity for me to also like, oh, okay, we can do this rainbow dead stuff too. You know, it is whatever, you know, comes to your mind too. I know chat's just raving about the idea of the rainbow dead. They're really big fans of it. And oh, nice. Uh, so, so that's certainly something that that's hit home here. Uh, Tanino has a question. Uh, this one's touching on your own personal relationship. So disclose whatever you'd feel comfortable with. But uh, <laughs> asking relation to the book, have your relationships with your partners informed your ideas about queer sex magic? And have you developed these magical techniques together? Ah, okay. We knew that this question was going to start coming up. Even before I turned <laughs> in the book, 
my partners are like, you realize that everyone's going to think we do everything in this book, like all the time. And, um, <laughs> so I want to say, no, we don't do all that all the time. Um, the, the, the sex magic that I have in the book is stuff that I've performed, you know, over the years, but maybe not with that specific, with that specific style, you know? So for the book, I kind of brought everything together, all these disparate techniques and then gave it a kind of a unification through style. And um, so I can't say that, oh, I perform them exactly as given here because, well, there's new poetry, mm-hmm. you know, there's new liturgy, there's, there's new ritual thinking, you know, around it. Um, but I've performed all of those exercises at some point you know, in my life with various partners, um, not necessarily all of my current partners. You know, there's been some stuff that's, I'm not going to tell you what we do, you know, but, um, <laughs> you know, whatever, you gotta, you? You know, right. That's <laughs> like, I tried. right. That's, that's, that's like nine ninety nine a month for that. You know? so, <laughs> no, I, do, I don't that, have an OnlyFans. That's the OnlyFans edition. <laughs> you know, there's a friend, there's a friend of mine who has been so like, you need to start an OnlyFans for this. You need to start an OnlyFans for this. I'm like, yeah, I know. I'm not going to, you know, this <laughs> book would have been the way to market it though. If you, if you were going, yeah. through, yeah. you know, putting it yeah. in the I know. interior, it's, like that exactly, <laughs> exactly. I'm like, uh, no, it's no, In a parallel reality. <laughs> I have bad enough time with just lighting just for this, <laughs> you know, whatever. So no, thanks. I don't, I don't, that's a whole other level of stress. I don't want to deal with. I mean, I I've seen your Instagram, like the, if you guys have not followed storm, um, on Instagram, this will probably not make sense to you, but your bathtub pics are perfection. So you could just market those on OnlyFans if people would pay, I'm sure. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much. That was actually, I, I probably mentioned this to you before, but those those bath time selfies um, mm-hmm. were, was actually part of a series of spell work that I was doing for myself um, to help me accept my body more, you know, um, because I think with a lot of queer men suffer from body dysmorphia, you know, to some degree. And, you know, I'm certainly part of that as well. I, I spent most of my life feeling like the opposite of attractive, mm-hmm. you know, like I literally felt like I was ugly. Um, and then when I didn't feel like I was ugly, I felt like I was a cartoon, you know, that I was just too like weird and weird and animated. And, you know, it's like all the little things, right? Like, I don't like my voice. I don't, I don't know. I don't know many gay men that actually like their voice. Right. Although I will say there's also plenty of other people, genders and sexualities. They don't like their voices either, mm-hmm. you know? So, but, but when I hear my voice, that's why I never listen really to any of my podcast interviews. Same. Cause I'm, I just, yeah, I just can't stand it. Right. But uh, yeah, I think all podcasters are in the same boat. It's um, so funny. Yeah. It's like, how, this is how you're making your living. Okay. But I can't listen right. to it. You know? Chat, you tell us if our shows are ever messed up. Send us an yeah, email. Please. And be like, hey, we're not going to be mad at you. In fact, we're going to give you like a crown because we're not yeah. listening. Uh, I, I, I know that other people like my voice. I've literally mm-hmm. been stopped just out in the world. There was years ago, you know, before the sickness, um, I used to give interviews um, at a local Starbucks, um, you know, when people wanted to join my in-person classes Mm -hmm. and um, I was interviewing somebody and this other person, like towards the end of it came up to me and said, Oh, I just wanted to let you know, you have the most soothing voice. 
And I was like, wow, I wasn't like leading a meditation or anything. I was just literally having an interview with this person, but, and I don't know, I've heard that a few times and that's really nice to hear because when it's something that you feel self-conscious about and then a stranger like compliments you on that very thing, I'm like, ah, this is exactly, that's just like love from the universe. It's saying it's going to be okay. You know, take, take this. So that, that, that helps me out but I still very rarely will listen to my own interviews, you know, so <laughs> like, okay, I could accept that other people like it, but um, uh, I'm not quite there. <laughs> yes. I totally feel that. Also just a heads up. You might be having a lot of people following you on Instagram tonight and in the future. Um, most of chats like, hold on, BRB going to Instagram. <laughs> I, so, I will post okay, more. <laughs> I will post more bath selfies. Maybe I should like, do it like a contest. Like if I get a certain number of followers or something, I'll, cause at some point I'm like, well, how many bath selfies can I do in this one bathtub? There's only so many angles. You're going to have to redo the bathtub then. That's the next step. When in doubt. Whole exactly. New yeah. model. Exactly. Add, add in some of the plants that you guys have and make it like jungle themed. You know, just... That's kind of where it's going. To be honest with you. And at some point we've been talking about, cause I actually, damaged our bathtub like shortly after we moved in okay this is a bad hoodoo thing right so you know when i was doing my hoodoo class and all of that with um lucky mojo hold on speaking of mojo my little dog mojo is here to say hello i don't know if you could hear him tip tap tapping across my floor (laughs) he's decided that um his nap is over so i'm probably gonna have to put him out of the room Uh, but um but yeah, so um, was I saying something about Lucky Mojo? Oh, oh. Conjure. So I, I, yes. I messed up that tub it, because what I used to do is I would burn um, like seven day candles for people. Mm-hmm. And I, I still do that, but I used to burn them in our bathtub. And I didn't actually really, because the bathtub I grew up with was like, I guess it was like metal with the porcelain mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. it. And that's just in my brain. That was what all tubs were made from. And it was fine. But ours is fiberglass and um, yeah, it melted. So like, like I burn the candle down and the, you know, how like at the bottom of the glass is like a little ridge, whatever that ridge then was permanently on the tub. And I thought, okay, well, I won't do that anymore, but then I'll put something under it. So then later I did a, um, um, Again, um, later I, I did a loaded candle for a client and that's like a figural candle where you carve out the bottom and maybe stuff it with herbs and a name paper. And I had it on a plate that it, it was burning on this plate. And I thought that'll be fine, but I didn't really realize that, oh, all those herbs in that name paper becomes a really thick wick, like at the end of the candle. And so then I had a bonfire on this plate and then I, but it, it seemed fine. The plate was fine. When I, after it was all done, I, I picked up the plate and the bottom of the tub was just like crackled, <gasps> just like crackled. Oh, oh, oh no. no, my husband's going to kill me. I just messed up this nice tub and you know, whatever. And um, so I don't burn candles in the tub anymore. Oh. Um, but we have, now we have a, um, a little shrine that we have outside. It's actually a, a fire pit that we bought mm-hmm. from, you know, like a, uh, home store. And, um, so that's where I burn my candles for clients now. And that's perfectly safe. Mm-hmm. And you know, whatever, no, no bathtubs were harmed in the burning of this candle. 
Um, but so now for Christmas, um, Chaz gave me like this thing to go on the bottom of the bathtub. That's oh like God. a, like a, 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 I don't know, spongy kind of thing that you suction cup down. Yep. So we're not going to, you know, scratch our bottoms if we're sitting in the tub. So that's good. Learn from, learn from my mistakes. You know, yes, you could burn a candle. If you're going to burn a candle in the bathtub, maybe put a brick down first, burn it on a brick or something. Um, cause I'm never going to tell people leave a burning candle unattended, but a lot of times in, in magic, you want to burn it all the way down in one sitting in a seven day candle. Obviously you're not there the entire time, you know, watching it. So, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, or put it in, a, um, uh, like a roasting pan, get a roasting pan and put water in it. And then mm -hmm. I put the candle in there too. It's not pretty, but it's safe. It is safe. So, and you're not going to so, hurt your tub. <laughs> yeah. Also friends, check your bathtubs, make sure they're actually metal before you put candles on them. Right? I, I know it's, it seems so stupid now, but I look back, I'm like, I'd never even thought of a fiberglass tub. I don't know why. Cause that's just not ever what I dealt with in my life. So I didn't even think about it. It's just like, Oh yeah, I'll put it in the tub. I, wow. Witchcraft yeah. has really taught me the um, durability of certain items. Let me just leave it at that. <laughs> but uh, I have learned some things are fire resistant, others not so much. And right. <laughs> trying to think what I just dorked around with the other day that could have been an issue, but it was. Oh, the other day I did just get some uh, essential oils out of a brand new altar cloth that I hadn't used yet. It was one of those. Oopsies. Oh, my goodness. Didn't know there was some sitting there. And yeah. Yeah, so you also learned some real hem homesteading techniques through witchcraft out of this. Right, that's true. <laughs> that is true. How to get wax out of a carpet. Yes. You know. Um, yes. Yep. And the answer, of course, is, or one of the answers is a a terry cloth towel and an iron. Yeah. Yeah. That's worked for Works me really well. Yeah. yeah. Softened it a little bit with a fork, like broke it down was the little extra step I remember doing. And, and cause I oopsies had, had some candle spills in my last apartment, but it all came out perfectly. So that is a really, nice. really good technique. If anyone at home thinks they have something destroyed, mm -hmm. storm's got the save for you. At least the wax part. Yeah. It depends the dye part of the wax. You might be on your own, especially if it's a red candle. Um, I noticed red tends to stain a lot more you know than um other colors at least that's been mm -hmm. my experience you know so if you have a light carpet and a red candle you might just be doomed i don't, I don't know um, <laughs> peroxide maybe peroxide oh. might take it out um peroxide takes out blood so it might take out the <laughs> it might don't. i haven't done it so don't i don't know i would say don't necessarily try this at home with your good carpet you know whatever but i mean if you've already spilled on it if you're desperate you know i don't know maybe google it first but um yeah definitely but i'm mean, gonna i'll if that happens again i'll try it but we're pretty good now yeah so um i'm like uber careful about any of that stuff now i always have like i'm putting down i'm putting down a mat you know mm -hmm. <laughs> That's the secret, like, or I guess, um, or, or it's the undersold item. I think I, I don't see enough people in the pagan community selling. We need very pretty altar carpets and such. There are some out there I've seen, <laughs> but like we need, and they need to be 
<laughs> I'm just kind of being funny here, but they need to be made to be sort of wax resistant and like essential oil. We need something machine that's, washable. Yes. Yeah. Yes. yes. No it has to be, we, we need have. practicality. Wait, and we want something natural. We also don't want it like, I don't want a plastic altar cloth. Thank you very much. Bingo. This is not like my grandmother's picnic, oh, you know? So, you know, um, and plus plastic will melt if you're going to like, yes, you know, matches or embers or something, then you're extra screwed, you know? So I don't know. Just be careful with your fire, people. <laughs> Just be really, really careful. Respect your fire. And remember that wax melts. <laughs> and yes. and depending on your type of candle and the type of wax it is, it could be dangerous, too. I know a lot of people are using, like, the soy candles. Mm-hmm. And they have such a higher melting point that if you were to get hot soy wax on your skin, you will blister. Mm-hmm. It will burn you. It's not like from a seven day candle where people could use that for kink, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. And they're going to be fine. A soy candle, you might scar. I mean, it's like really, so be careful with your candles and your, and your fire Mm -hmm. and and all of that. I, I, one of my early, actually, I will tell you this silly little story. My first sky clad ritual I ever did um, with um, my old friend, um, who was part of my coven at the time, I must've been like, what, 20, 20, maybe 21. And um, we did this little ritual where we had the, the little cauldron fire going and we were dumb. Don't try this at home. This was so stupid, but we have these two little pieces of Malachite and um, it was from like, I'm not going to go into the detail, but it was like this um, charm that bound us to another person. But now that person was no longer part of our thing. And so we were doing like a a separation uh, um, kind of working. And we threw the the little pieces of Malachite like into the burning cauldron, thinking that that would be a great idea. Also, we didn't do a cauldron fire correctly. And a a correct way would be to use like maybe some Epsom salts and and some alcohol Mm -hmm. and burn it. We did herbs and wax. So there was already a lot of smoke, but malachite, when it hits a certain temperature, explodes. Yes. And now it's exploding and covered with flaming wax. And it's like it's exploded right in front. of. Now, we were fine. It didn't hit us, but we burned holes in the carpet. You know, there's one that went. I'm surprised we didn't burn the house down and went behind the altar. We didn't even notice it to like we moved things the next day. And there was a huge hole like burned all the way through the carpet. Oh my gosh, wow. we could have burned the whole place down. This is so long ago. Oh my God. And, um, and you know what? That house, we were renting a house. They were slumlords anyway. It was terrible. Oh, I have such stories about that house. Um, but we were like so fortunate that we never got hit by these fiery meteors of malachite that sprayed throughout the room. You know, so please don't throw stones or crystals into fire. And mm-hmm. Also be very careful when you're dressing candles. I see some wacky ass candles being sold on Etsy and other marketplaces where it's so much in terms of like herbs and like flowers and crystal stones. And I'm like, if you were to burn that, you, that it will burn your house down. That is going to explode. That is going to be a problem. It looks pretty, but don't ever light that thing. You know? Yeah. I mean, I had to learn off. And then you can burn it. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Just cut the top layer off, whatever. <laughs> Put that in a box or something if you want to keep it. But, but the candle part, no, that will, that will not work. And yeah. um, I mean, I had to learn that, you know, when I 
first started dressing candles for clients, I put way too much stuff on because mm-hmm. it's always that feeling, right? It's like, oh, more is better, mm-hmm. right? It's going to be more powerful. More and, power. you know, <laughs> and, and like all the like clients would ask me that too. Well, I want the most powerful spell. Well, is this more powerful than that? You know, and it's like, well, it's not magic isn't linear. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work that way. You know, the most effective magic is just what's effective for that moment and for that situation. I can't tell you this is more powerful than that. You don't know that until it's over. Mm-hmm. You know, then it's like, ah, this was the thing that was the most effective. So in this situation, that was most powerful, but maybe that won't be mo- more powerful next time. But people often think if it's louder, if there's more herbs, if it's bigger, then that's going to carry more of a wallop. But in the craft, often it's what is quiet and and unnoticed and unseen actually has more power because it can actually get the work done behind the scenes. If it's big and loud and drawing your attention, that's probably not the big thing. It's kind of like in stage magic, you know, it's like, oh, look at what this hand is doing over here, you know, whatever, when it's really your other hand that's, that's, you know, getting the illusion. So I kind of feel the same way about, you know, real magic. Right. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, the big loud things aren't necessarily the most powerful. They're just the things that we notice more. Mm-hmm. That's a wonderful, wonderful thing to have a conversation with, because we just had Michelle Bellinger through the last week. And she Ugh. was talking to us about how one can intentionally use uh, like you were just referencing their stage magic. She was talking about how you can get into role playing games to create um, a thing that might enable one to do magic in that way. And in the same conversation, what you're saying is what I find to be so powerfully true is that it is some subtle essence you're adding versus um mm-hmm a whole thick layer that's going to blow your candle top off literally. Cause you know, right. I may have had a little <laughs> bit of a candle shrapnel piece once or twice before learning is a process, <laughs> right? We <laughs> learn our, hopefully, hopefully we learn our lessons along the way. Right. Yeah. Um, and if we don't, we're, we're going to burn our house down. That's and then right. May, maybe then we'll finally learn. Boy. Yeah. Don't burn your houses down people. Yeah. Please, please don't. Yeah. We, we did have a house fire here once years ago it was terrified. I wasn't even here oh for it gosh. and it terrified me. Yeah. But it wasn't, it wasn't craft related. It was like a faulty, um, surge protector and, um, wow. yeah, it was a little scary, but I wasn't even here for it, you know? So I got like the text about it the next morning and then saw how the couch was no more, oh. you know? And, um, but you know, also it was my grandmother's couch and it was gross. So oh. I was like, uh, eh, I couldn't feel too bad about it. <laughs> Nothing, nothing that was important got hurt. I mean, the, Mm -hmm. we have like a hole in the carpet speak, you know, more holes in carpets, you know, from fire. Um, but I hate the carpet anyway. And so at some point we're tearing it up. So I was like, ah, I can't feel too bad about it. There you go. The the fire just helps with renovations. That's all. Right. I'm just like, I just sped things up. Exactly. Less, less to pull up now. Your subconscious is certainly working its way out in your, uh, in your magical craft there. It's like, don't, don't want this. Burn it. Don't want that. Burn it. Right. Exactly. Now it's gone. Now it's gone. That's amazing. Oh my goodness. A couple last questions as we kind of just round down the night uh, tonight. I saw one earlier. I think it was Tanino who threw that out there. They were curious if you have any uh, books that you've currently got on your reading list that you're either diving into right now, Storm, or things that you have uh, near on your to to read list. Oh, my goodness. I just finished Queer Kabbalah 
um, by um, Enfys Book, if I'm pronouncing their name correctly. Um, and they're just delightful. I just did a, um, a little interview um, with them like a week or so ago. Um, but that was actually a really good book on Kabbalah. I will admit that Kabbalah is not one of the things that I'm that versed in. I wasn't really interested in it for a really long time. And then when I thought, oh, I should, I should study this. And I read a couple of books on it. It was like, I could not mean, I could not retain like any information on it. It was, you know, but so this was actually the first book that actually really made sense. It started, it was really explaining just Kabbalah in general in a way that made sense and was accessible to queer people. And one of the things that I really liked about it is that it does, it's not just queering up a traditional system in which queer stuff wasn't already there. Um, this book points at all the queer stuff that's traditionally always been there, but maybe in the language hasn't been described as queer, but it so obviously is. So that, that I think is a really, really good book. I also um, just blurbed um, um, a book by Madame Pamita, um, Baba Yaga's Book of Witchcraft. Oh, nice. And that's also very timely, right? Because yeah. it's mm-hmm. Ukrainian craft, you know, it's her experience with her, her Ukrainian heritage. She talks a lot about, you know, stuff from her mom and from her grandmother. And then um, through her own research, kind of piecing this together and then realizing, hey, a lot of this family stuff that was taught to me um, is actually magic. It's mm-hmm. actually a survival of this, you know, pagan system and whatever. But of course, wasn't presented to her in that way. It was just, this is what we do. It's just a cultural thing. Mm-hmm. So that's a really awesome book. I highly recommend it. Um, what's on my docket now? I'm drawing a blank. Um, titles are eluding me, but I, but I am just about to start um, a book on sex magic um, from Gabby Herstick. And oh, nice. so I think it's sacred sex, but I'll have to double check. Um, Cause again, I get these as PDFs and it's like, I have a whole list of them now on my, on my, uh, iPad <laughs> waiting for me to read. Um, Phil Hine has a, has a new book coming out again. I'm drawing a blank on the title, but that's on my blurb list. Um, um, Jackie Smith, um, from Coventry creations has a book on candle magic. Um, so I'm going to blurb that as well. Um, but again, sitting on my iPad waiting for me to do it, but I've had all these other things going on with like our website for our, our online university. We had some issues you know, last week. Mm-hmm. So of course I had to stop what I'm doing and, and, and work on the web, <clears throat> but thankfully all that's doing great now. So um, yeah, pretty much now I, I rarely buy books anymore. Um, Cause first of all, we just get so many all the time. Like Llewellyn mm-hmm. will just send me books now. Oh, 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 yeah. um, well, we Welsh witchcraft. <laughs> Um, Welsh witchcraft by Mara Starling is on my list. Yes. Such I, a good book. I adore her. I that adore her. So if, if you people have never heard of Mara Starling, um, then it sucks to be you because uh. um, she <laughs> is so much fun. I love her YouTube channel. I mean, she's just all over the map. She's so smart and she's hilarious. And I just think that's such a great combination. So, yeah, so that's I, I'm sure there's others, too, um, that I'm just drawing a blank on. But um, th- those are those are the ones right now that are in my 
sphere of influence. We had the privilege to sit down with Mara. I think it was just two weeks back. So if anyone out there has not oh, nice. listened, and it was mm-hmm. just a phenomenal interview, like you were saying, Storm, she's just super cool. I, one of the absolute standouts was someone asked Mara about um, coming into your own magic, and we got to discuss about wands, and she showed hers. That's just this absolutely gorgeous piece that speaks to her every like essence, and it was just such a fabulous one. So support mara that book is phenomenal the welsh witchcraft is up there i mean just such cool stuff yeah tonino and chat say oh we know mara around here (laughs) (laughs) awesome yeah delightful these are and 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 then back to just for a moment back to madam pamita she is just delightful and Mm -hmm. so if you if you i don't know if you've ever had a a chance to talk with her but um she's just amazing (laughs) not yet yeah i hope i hope that you do she is so cool she's one of my favorite people um, I met her at one of the Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Heritage Festivals back in the day. And she did this really fun, um, like perfor- divination performance where she sang a song and played the ukulele. And it was really awesome. I, and so I was like, oh, we're going to get along, her and I. And she's got a really good sense of humor. And she's so smart. Like I blurbed her book on candle magic. And I will say so far... It's the best book on candle magic I've ever read, you know? So, so I'm a little like, Oh, Jackie Smith is also my friend. And she just wrote a book on candle magic. So I'm like, okay, here we go. Cause I just, I just blurred one a little while ago. That's awesome. And, but I know Jackie's awesome too. So Mm -hmm. I'm just glad that more and more awesome stuff is being put out there in the world from awesome people. So it's, it's a good time. It is a very good time. There's so many great books that are coming out, especially just directly from Llewellyn. Um, but there, you know, there's other places that the great books are coming from, but Llewellyn has a fantastic lineup for 2022. Um, and I don't even think we've gotten to see their like late summer fall list yet. I think we've no. gotten to see through like yeah, uh, early yet. summer. So uh, we're, we're very excited about all of that. And there's so many good books. So many yeah. good books. And it really hours say, to read them all. <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. That's true. <laughs> I, and, and about Llewellyn, I just want to say they've done really such a good job at um, kind of revamping who they were. Because back in the 90s, you know, and that's what everybody usually remembers about Llewellyn was like, oh, back in the 90s, they used to you know print all this crap, you know, whatever. Which was true. Um, now, not everything they did was crap, you know, um, but there was a lot of stuff that really wasn't well researched. And Llewellyn has really done a whole 180 on that, where, you know, mm-hmm. now, I mean, like my editor will like question me on a lot of stuff. Like I got questioned, it was so funny I, for Betwixt and Between, I got questioned because one of my uh, meditations talks about, you know, oh, imagining your, your roots, right? Going into the center of the earth. And I describe, the molten iron core of the earth. And then at the very center, how it's crystalline. And um, they're so like sensitive now about like real information, like scientific information that they were like, and, and, and my editor didn't know that the actual center of the earth was crystalline iron mm-hmm. because, because of all the pressure. Right. And so they were like, Oh no, I don't think, you know, you can't say this cause this isn't true. And I had to actually give a footnote to show, no, it is true, <laughs> but I really appreciated it. I was like, okay, this is a far cry from, um, I don't know if anybody remembers this, this book, but there was a book by Llewellyn called Witta W I T T A. The subtitle was an Irish pagan tradition. And it was totally somebody just Irish up Wicca. And it, it had no historical basis. It was completely made up. It was terrible. 
And that's the type of thing that I think people think of when they think of Llewellyn, because I hear a lot of weird backlash. I would never read a Llewellyn book, blah, blah, blah. They're so crappy. They have done such a good job in revamping themselves. They are so concerned with good information being out there. They want it to be verifiable. Um, I have had nothing but a great experience, you know, working with them. And they keep some really esoteric titles in print that are not making them money. You know, we're talking like, you know, Garden of Pomegranates, you know, this is, you know, Israel Grady. We, we've got old school occult texts that are not making Llewellyn money, but they keep them in print as a service to the occult community. Mm-hmm. So I, I would like to invite people to stop, you know, bullying on Llewellyn um, because they obviously don't know what they're talking about. That hasn't been Llewellyn for like, what, 30 years, you know, so right. maybe read a book and and. <laughs> Judge the book, not the symbol that's on the spine of the cover. You know, that's the one thing I can say about Llewellyn is at least since we have started, um, you know, working with our team and every book they have sent us has really great information in it. And all of the authors, I, I think I have read two books out of all the books I've gotten and we're in like the 30s to 40 book range now um two books out of all of them that i didn't really enjoy and that was a personal thing that was not right. a um it wasn't on the author it wasn't on the will and it was just me personally that i'm just like the book was not really my favorite thing so yeah i mean not every book is going to connect with everybody yeah but that's a that's a far cry from the bu- book actually having terrible information you know, right. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. um, yeah. I don't want to name other names. Cause again, Certainly. I don't usually like to, but I think, I, I think the Witta book, I mean, that was so terrible. I don't mind, yeah. but it's also, I think that's been out of print, you know, for a long time too. I was going to say, um, I don't remember that one, but I, yeah, I I've been I we have it, but... reader for, Oh God, 15 ish years. And so, I mean, and then my husband was even a reader before that. So yeah, I don't remember that one, but there, there were some interesting titles. Yeah, there's some the doozies. <laughs> there's some doozies. I remember there, there was a book that had to do with a type of fairy tradition. It wasn't the Anderson fairy tradition that I do, but a type of fairy tradition. And, um, and those aren't available anymore because the author completely plagiarized like huge swaths of the book. Like in some cases, word for word. Mm-hmm. And this obviously was before the accessibility of software to where now everything you turn in to a publisher, they put it through the software and it tells them is, is this, you know, has this been plagiarized, you know, whatever. So I'm glad that we have that software now. That's just easy. But yeah, this was before that existed, you know? So yeah, huge chunks of that book were just not their original work. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, those aren't available anymore. Thank goodness. Um, But we're in a different world now and it's a, and Llewellyn is a different um, company now, you know, there's mm-hmm. like, like all of us evolve, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I, I look back on my life and I think, wow, I, I, I just didn't have the, the information to even know that I was ignorant, you know, <laughs> at the time, <laughs> you know? And so, and I think that's probably true our whole lives, you know, we're mm-hmm. always getting new information and we think we know it. We think we know our stuff until we get some information that says, yep, you don't, <laughs> Yep, you know, so I try, I try to be humble. Um, 
Cause there's always something around the corner that's going to tell you, yep, you're wrong. You know? So it's, but Llewellyn has learned, I think from, from that, as we all, you know, I think are trying to learn. Um, so I'm really happy to be a Llewellyn author. I'm proud to be a Llewellyn author because they do really good work in the community, making things accessible. Mm-hmm. And I know some occultists, that's the very thing that they complain about. They don't want things to be accessible. Um, but I think the time for total secrecy is way past. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we would do better if we were to share more of our stuff. This isn't to say that we should just give up initiatory secrets altogether. Um, I think some things should be intimate or secret. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think most of the stuff should be available, you know, to, to the public, especially, especially if we as practitioners find certain techniques or philosophies to be personally useful. Mm-hmm. Um, then I think it becomes a necessity to share that with the world, because I do think that all of us are responsible for the evolution of the world. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe that just means we're focusing on our personal evolution, because I think that that does help the world as well. But I, I think that we need people to be out there in public. We need people to talk about the craft. We need yeah. people to talk about queer sex magic. You know, we, we have to be visible <laughs> because yes. if we're not and we just keep it all secret, then it's so much easier to oppress us. And that's as a gay man, that's what I learned. You know, I grew up in the eighties, you know, act up was a big thing. Silence equals death was the motto. And of course that was specifically in terms of the AIDS crisis. But I think that that's also true of any marginalized community. You know, if, if we are not prepared to be visible and to be out there and kind of fighting on the front lines, um, then we're not going to make any headway. You know, and this isn't to say that everybody has to do that, right? It's not safe for everybody to be on the front lines, but we do need people to be visible through visibility, through representation will come eventual equality. And we're still fighting that battle. You know, it's still, there's a good number of states just here in the U S that still, you could be fired, you know, just for being queer, you could be denied job, you know, opportunities just because you're queer, Luckily, I live in California, so that doesn't apply here, you know, but there are plenty of states in which just being who you are means that you are not going to be given the same opportunities as Mm -hmm. as other people. So it's we're still fighting for it. You know, a lot of people think, oh, well, you got gay marriage, so you're cool now. No, we're not cool yet. Not by a long shot. Not by a long shot. I'll I'll let you know. Oh my goodness. I think that is a beautiful place to put tonight's conversation to an end because we are going to, by the sounds of it, pick up with this theme in some fashion this weekend. I think it's a, it'd be an awesome thing if we could do it in storm. Maybe if we even want to go the route of some sort of trance work too. I mean, I know yeah. people here absolutely love that too. So um, just whatever people are doing at home, put on your schedule for Saturday at 7 p.m. Eastern time. 4 p.m. Pacific time. That's twitch.tv forward slash Kyle Paranormal. Same time, same place as tonight if you were in the live uh, thing on Monday. Mm-hmm. So um, otherwise, this episode will be in everyone's feed on Wednesday. That is the uh, 30th as we're wrapping out the mm-hmm. month. Uh, we have tons of links to Storm's work up on um, the new website. We've got a nice page set up for him with all his things. So links to all these episodes will be there, too. Um, Storm, I, we've had you talk a ton about all the books that you've been working on and still have coming out. 
But you also mentioned the university. Is there any last things that people should know or try and get involved with out there in the world of Storm Fairy Wolf? Maybe something to do over there. You mentioned the website. So maybe you want to update us on that. Yeah, thank you very much. So, yeah, um, modernwitchuniversity.com um, is the place that you could find all of our online classes. And there's a lot of different um, classes on there. The, the big one, of course, being our Black Rose Witchcraft course, which is a roughly one year course. Um, new lessons unlock every seven days. Um, but Chaz just put up a new class. It's like a $5 class on um, a divination system um, called the Witch's Runes. And in fact, he's got a, he made his own set of witches runes on wood and if you buy the set then you get that class for free so you could find all about that if you go to modernwitchuniversity.com and just poke around you can see we have our modern conjure class there's the witch power master class you can also um um, schedule appointments with me for reiki attunements um so there's a lot of different things there and we're i'm adding other things kind of all the time um we just did a big fix on the website this week. And so now kind of the door is open for us to start adding more classes. So in the, in the weeks and months to come, you'll see a lot more classes um, um, pop up on there, but you can also um, find me in my work at fairywolf.com. That's F A E R Y W O L F.com. And you can read about me and you could see my books. You could purchase my books, get signed copies of my books. Um, also my poetry spells. I do also have a, a few of my um, visual art prints that are for sale there as well. So definitely check that out. And you can also just check out modernwitch.com. Modern Witch is our brand. And obviously it has um, Devin's um, podcast, the Modern Witch podcast, but we're going to be adding a blog there pretty soon. So there's a lot more things in the works. So just the network of what we call house four locks, you know, is um, <laughs> definitely, definitely growing. So, um, and, and certainly if there are things that people would like to see, um, there's plenty of ways to get in touch with me to let me know. I'm always on Twitter. Um, I'm rarely on Facebook. Don't message me on Facebook. Facebook is evil. Um, mm -hmm. Instagram, or you can just email me through my website. Um, but yeah, if there's classes that you're looking for and you don't see them represented, let me know. Cause we are writing new stuff all the time. And we'd like to present things that people are interested in. Well, Storm, you know you've got an open invitation here. We love having you by. So honestly, our our thing Thank is you. how often can we have Storm? That's what they <laughs> uh, You're too kind. You don't understand. Thank you very we, much. We schedule you guys based on like uh, um, how how much are we abusing their schedule? <laughs> you know, right. just, so you, just so you know, that's that's our order of operations. Uh, that's very so. sweet. I will always have a great time. Thank you so much. I don't know what number this is. This has got to be at least like three i think or whatever it's a blur because i've also talked to you pagan yeah, yeah. so i think so. between both shows i think we're getting closer to like number five because we yeah. also have a written interview <laughs> with you as well so oh, that's right i forgot about that oh my yeah God. <laughs> so uh gosh uh we have so much content with storm and i'm sure storm is going to constantly be coming back because there's always cool things yeah um i love that it we thank love. you i really we love actually it. all of the four locks but there's only one we have not <gasps> talked to and that's his husband and we right that's chaz and you probably and won't because really? he's, he won't do podcasts <gasps> he won't do interviews oh okay um, well, that's good to know. i'm trying he won't even promote his book because oh, he doesn't well. he doesn't he yeah, he he, he just wants to focus on his art. And you know what? I'm going to let him do it because that's exactly where he shines. And yeah, he's not, he doesn't have that social gene 
you okay. know? And so, and that, that's cool. I'm still that's trying to get him to write more books though. Cause I think he's an excellent writer, but he's just like, oh, I don't know. Well, he has an invitation if he would ever like to come talk to yeah, us, I know. especially right about on. his art and uh, his boards and all the beautiful things that he makes. And he wants to talk about that. Um, he I can totally one. come hyper focus with us. He does have an invitation. Yes, yeah, awesome. I will one. let him know. <laughs> Definitely. I've got one of the boards in the background there, chat. So I, mm-hmm. I love them. They're really awesome. Check out uh, oh, Deter so Trading cool. is the place. DeterTrading.com has all yep. that awesome stuff. Oh, Thank wow. you. I think this has been a beautiful session. I think let's put an end in here to those listening at home. I'll um, be back in just a minute after I get off this call. Just a few more wrap-up notes for people listening. Uh, But otherwise, we'll plan on our meetup here, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific on Saturday. That is April 2nd. And we're going to get into some fun stuff. Um, Probably something related to the Rainbow Dead and just honoring our cool LGBT plus self. So rock on, folks. Storm, thank you a million times over for your time tonight. Pagan, thank you as well. I will catch up with you both very soon. Stay safe out there. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you. Okay, everybody, it's just me now. Uh, let me flip over my camera. The people at home are still hearing a little recording of this. So that's, this is great. I don't have to record something and put it in at the end. Violently, th- Violent Ivy, thank you so much for the Twitch Prime sub. I appreciate that a lot. Uh, for folks out there listening at home, people that are here in the Twitch chat, <laughs> Storm is just amazing. And those subscriptions here on Twitch go so far. I want to do really brief scheduling notes for everybody because we've made a change. Monday nights are live here on Twitch. uh, Let's try that again. Monday nights are live here on Twitch. Wednesdays are now private in the sense that they are in our membership program and over on the uh, Gilded server. That is going to be our Witchy Wednesday nights. And we're making those more intimate. We swapped our Mondays for our Wednesdays. Um, So again, Mondays public on Twitch. Saturdays also public on Twitch, but those Wednesday slots, those are going to be our private thing for the community, for the membership program. So look out for that. This Wednesday, uh, we've got stuff planned, and I don't have it right in front of me to tell you what it is, but the new website is the great place to go check it out, revelatornetwork.com. And if you click on the RPN schedule, I'm going to show this for a chat at home. This is working out so, so well for us. We've got this all automated. Oh, yeah, this Wednesday is a uh, 420 meditation and automatic drawing session. So that's going to be an, that's going to be super fun. I am really looking forward to that. We're going to meet up, do this exercise. But uh, for out, folks out there, I want you to know the website's got the archive going right along. There is the video archive. This will be, eventually be locked down for the people that are uh, paying members up on Coffee. So check that out. That's our subscription program. Go up there for $5 a month. You can enter the Cyber Coven. For $15, get access to all of our tarot reads that I have posted there. For $25, it's the huge video archive, including seances with Michelle Bell and Jane Storm. We've got Devin Hunter in there, Laura Tempest-Zakrov, so, so many. John E.L. Tenney. Oh, a bunch of great names that you know and love. Um, I'm uploading a bunch of those to the new archive. This thing is working out so well. We've got cool ways where you can click on someone like Mara Starling's name. You could see her two appearances right from there. It's all interlinked. It means I have less maintenance to do by hand. It just makes for a really nice thing. And you can go and buy their books directly through because that's also linked. So um, kind of going to show off the one I did with Storm because I actually was able to add to this page a smidge during the interview. I was keeping it up to date, everybody, uh, so that the books that he mentioned are right in there for you. The Witch's Name, we got Seder's Kiss, but I also got up there Betwixt and Between. And, uh, oh, it looks like I need to add that image in there. But 
really cool because you can see it all from one place. Do I need to cancel my membership on the other site before I, uh, no, it will not cancel automatically. Great question to Nino. It will stay and bill you for both. So do make sure you go to the old one. That is chaosandshadow.com is the place to get the old website. So chaosandshadow.com. You can also just get that right off of Revelator Network. I put a handy link at the top. So go and cancel that sub. Um, we kind of said that our official date to stop support over there would be April 15th. But because this new site went live in between, it hasn't really made much of a difference. Right now, the video archive is just super accessible to people. As I mentioned, this will get locked down, though, again. So folks um, that are you know trying to retain their $25 thing, that will get the formal lock by April 15th. That's what I'm saying, I guess. So that'll be closed down. This page will be up and ready to run and rock and roll. Katie Webb, yeah, tons of things with Katie Webb up there too, Mac. Absolutely. I don't think I have any other really big things I need to run past people though for tonight or at the end of this episode. Um, reviews on Chaos and Shadow would be amazing if you got, can leave those on iTunes. Storm was mentioning those for his books. That's a great reminder. If you haven't left a five-star review, leave some text with it too. Those help to um, uh, just, just get the reviews out there and known. So that's really awesome. Uh, what else do we want to say? Say on Saturday with Storm. I mean, the whole month is really an amazing lineup. If you guys haven't seen the, the names for this, let me shout a couple out too. Uh, this is the archive. Let's go into the future for a sec. Oh, there's also different views you can use on the website so you can find something that suits your visual eyeballs best of all so we oh oh so storm is by for the seance on april 2nd that's followed by a liminal earth seance on the 9th oh super exciting we have friends coming by for some shamanic drumming sessions we're gonna do an interview on the 11th with eric and lola and then they're back by on the uh, 16th for an actual drumming session with us that's gonna be really fun that's both those are up on twitch uh oh we're gonna do a hemisync together in the uh gilded server that's part of the witchy wednesdays for this month so look out for the cyber coven doing that we're going to do a techie tour toolkit day where we show off some of our tech equipment in April. Um, Pagan goes on. Let's see. That's the whole in May. I was going to show you she's some vacation time. But that's a little further off. Oh, we're going to do a group spell night in April. Those are for our founders members specifically. People, anyone can participate of any level. But um, you're going to get goodies in the mail. So if you want to become a $55 a month member and get a physical good in the mail, uh, you get something we ship them every two months, but you get something for every month you're subscribed. Queen of Swords out there made us beautiful spell crafting badges that are going out this month for participating as we've talked through all this stepping into your own witchcraft. So get your badge to the Cyber Coven. Uh, if you haven't seen the previous one, we had the Angel Investigator for those that have been with us as we've been checking out Herald and all that stuff. If you ever have any questions... Kyle at revelatornetwork.com is the email. You could shoot me a message on Twitter, Kyle Paranormal. You could shoot me a message on Instagram, same name. Everything's Kyle Paranormal. So check it out. I'll let everyone go for the night. You've been amazing, 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 folks. I really, really, really appreciate it. Be good to each other and stay safe. Talk to you soon on Wednesday. Goodbye.